Hello and welcome to the second episode of Bike Karma, aka Bicycle Karma. I'm your host, Thomas Brown, and we're going to look at all those things that tie all us bike lovers together, whether you're working on them, riding on them, just like to look at them. Thanks for coming back. I salute anybody who can do these podcasts really often. I think it's going to be a bi-monthly thing. In this episode, we talk about the fun of buying and selling bikes on Craigslist with the first of many installments of the Craigslist, which is my take on Craigslist. There's a lot of great people in it. There's a lot of crazy people in it, but overall, it's a great place. We also interview Eric Height, the self-proclaimed fat guy across America. His journey, which started out at over 500 pounds, trying to ride his bike across the United States to change his life, and lots of strong feelings either way with people that I talked to about this guy. I had a nice conversation with him. I never expected people to be so uh, so polarized with, with how he's going about things, but uh, give him a listen yourself and see what you think. Uh, he's still in the process of doing it. This is an interview we had back in September, and much, much more. So, join me for an exciting time on today's Bike Karma. As you're going through the woods, you pick up a lot of smells, especially in fall. You can smell the leaves, you smell when you go by houses that are off the trail, you can smell wood burning, I can smell leaves burning. If you drive by a dead animal, you can definitely smell that quite a ways off. There's a lot of smells no matter where you go on the bike, and I thought it would be good just to take a moment to talk about smells because they do make up part of the riding experience. If you ride by houses, especially after work, you get an idea what everybody's having for dinner in town. Uh, You can ride by, you can smell cookies cooking sometimes, Italian sauces, curries, uh, cabbage. People are cooking cabbage, you can smell it. Uh, Something's burning like this burnt smell. If you ever go by like a Burger King or something like that, you smell that burnt smell of meat and gristle that's left over on the, the broiler. Uh, fries, fry smells as you go by a fast food restaurant. Um, but there's lots of there's lots of odors out there and I don't think they get enough credit on bike rides. Uh, dryer sheets, if you go through a nice cloud of dryer sheet smell, that's, that's good, that's welcome. Sometimes you go by a house and you get like very intense smells and sometimes they're subtle so like some of the intense ones you know if somebody's smoking pot like that's it smells like a concert incense chemlon chemlon's kind of a nasty one as you drive by after they've just made an application gas stations have their own smell too auto body shops definitely the paint fumes and stuff like that but there's there's like things that set the mind going because you're using your imagination on a ride so you're like all of a sudden you're like 
bicycle. So I said, well, I'll just ride a bicycle from East Coast to West Coast, write a book about it. That'll help me get healthy. That'll help uh, build a little nest egg by writing a book and selling it. And it'll also show my wife how much I love her by uh, taking on this task and completing it. So that's kind of what started me. That is so cool. Now, you're saying the Proclaimers, right? Yes. What year were you listening to the Proclaimers? Oh, every year. I love the Proclaimers. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to be, you know, the 500 Miles song. Yep. That's one of our that's one of our favorite songs. So, right. And I'm a DJ, so I listen to lots of music. So, so you, find, you decided you're listening to the Proclaimers song, and then all of a sudden you're like, I've got to make this work. I've got to. I've got to do this. I've got to change my life. I'm going to go out. I'm going to ride this bike. You go out and you get a bike at Walmart. No, I got a bike from a friend that just happened to pick one up. Okay. For seventeen dollars. Okay, that's a deal. And where did they Where did they get it from? It was just one they had laying around, or pretty much they picked it up to either sell or scrap. He drives a tow truck and. So I know about those found bikes, but sometimes those found bikes need a lot of work. So it, this one was pretty good when you first got it? It was practically brand new. So. All right, so you get this bike, and before you start on the journey, what do you do to set the groundwork? Well, I planned for like six, seven months ahead of time. I contacted a lot of cyclists, a lot of people that travel across the country. Maybe not the right ones, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but they all gave me good advice, but... I'm an overpacker sometimes, and I tried to have something for every contingency, you know, because I knew I'd be by myself. I knew I wasn't going to have any help. I knew I had to kind of wing it most of the way, and I was trying to figure it out. I couldn't afford to buy a bunch of maps from Adventure Cycling at the time. You know, I couldn't afford a lot of stuff, so I just kind of piecemealed everything together. You know, I got stuff from friends, you know, I found stuff at junk shops, I made things, did everything I could to try and make it successful, and I just kind of, kind of got everything together and asked a lot of questions, watched a lot of YouTube videos, did a lot of research. May have not have been, you know, the best planning, but I did my best, and I knew I had to do it. And uh, I knew if I started from Indiana, as some suggested at the time, I would just probably end up quitting because it'd just be too hard. Yeah. But if I got dropped off on the other side of the country, there was no way I was going to make my family come and get me. So you're, so you're kind of burning your ships so that you'd be forced to, to go on that one way. Yes, exactly. So a lot of the people who comment on the website, you know, I've been following you for a while, enjoying that. You know, the thing that people have to remember is you have some very special circumstances as you're traveling. You started, yes. you started this trip at over 500 pounds, yes? Right. So, so when people are like, you need panniers and you need this and that, I mean, I did my first tour and honestly, I overpacked as well. And so all, everybody who's like commenting is thinking of their own experiences and they're, they're thinking of what happened to them and stuff like that. But you, your experiences are kind of unique. And that's what I think a lot of people need to keep in mind is that you have to have a setup that works for you. You right. know, and that's why the trailer is for, I, I'm assuming. Yes. I mean, my clothes, everybody says, pack three pairs of clothes. Okay. Well, my three pairs of clothes equal out to your, you know, six pairs of yours. Maybe more. And I'm also a really big guy. I want to sweat a lot. And I try. 
try to keep clothes clean, but after, you know, I've got to have, I've got to have clothes. Not like a ton, but, you know, I have like four or five shirts and four or five shorts, a couple pairs of underwear because with the biker shorts, you don't have to wear them. And then a couple pairs of socks. And that's about it, clothing-wise, but it's heavy. Yeah. You know, surprisingly. So what else do you have in your trailer? I have a tent. I have a sleeping bag. I have two sheets. Um, I have you know, normal toiletries. You know, I have gold bond. I have some baby wipes, deodorant, you know, toothpaste, toothbrush, soap. And then I have my medicine. I do have a laptop because I have to maintain everything. And I usually uh, carry some extra water with me. Um, I do have food and a really small camp stove. I had other things like a portable batteries and things like that to charge my gear. I had a really bad camera, but luckily it got upgraded to a GoPro. I do have a book with me, so give me something to read. What book did you choose? Um, I actually have uh, uh, The Memory of Running. It's a Rhode Island book. I'm the guy that gets on a bicycle <laughs> and, and takes off and uh, rides because his sister died and some different things like that happened. So it kind of goes parallel with my story a little bit. Just an adventure, kind of random runs across the country on a bicycle. <laughs> I do have a few tools with me, too. Try and maintain new maintenance and things like that. And I have a scale now so that I can weigh myself. And I carry an uh, air mattress and a small pump because if you're going to spend the year in a tent, you know, it's nice to have a mattress every once in a while. And I, and I carry a milk crate. It can be used for many things. But uh, I found after the first month of the trip, not having anywhere to sit is tough for a guy my size. Yep. So to have a milk crate, you can sit on it. You can use it to carry things and many other uses. Nice. What kind of repairs? You're going from shop to shop to shop. And I think that's a great plan. Obviously, it's to get support and have people look at your bike and make sure everything's cool. But it also gives you a destination. What was right. the thinking with um, going from shop to shop? Well, that was Teo from uh, Bike New London. That was his idea. Um, it wasn't really just to maintain my bike. It was. It was. That's a great side, you know, byproduct of it. But it was like-minded people that want to help the trip succeed. And in this area, there seems to be one every ten miles. So it was like a perfect reach for me at the time. And uh, they would be able to help me find places to pitch my tent, things like that. I'd also learn something. And each one I go to, I'd see the equipment, I'd go to talk to other cyclists and everything and kind of learn where I went. That was a major plus with that. But that was long, that was a, was Teo from a Mike New London right there, trying to help. He said, if I keep doing the miles, we'll keep organizing for me. <laughs> so, nice. That is cool. So, um, what kind of, what kind of things have you found you needed along the way? Have you upgraded the bike entirely at this point or has, have you gone, are you still on the same frame that you started with? I noticed there's well, no wheels and such. Well, after a bicycle guy, uh, Newport bicycle, uh, Rob Birdie, after he saw, heard about my bike and then saw my bike, he said it has to be replaced. There's no way I can make a long distance journey on it. He actually put a bike together for me and gave it to me before I ever hit the media or anything. So he just did it because he wanted me to succeed and he liked what I was trying to do. So was that the GT? Yes. And so you've got the new tires on it and then you're driving through Bridgeport and then they pop out. One of them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, I just pulled over to go into the gas station to buy some water. 
And uh, so I was leaning over my saddlebag to grab something, and it just went off like a shotgun. That's tough. The city, the cities are notorious. I could drive all around, and then all I got to do is go through any city, and then all of a sudden I get a flat as well. But yeah. you're, you're you're running at really high pressures, which increases your chance of flats, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Because I, it has to be high pressure or I'll just flatten it out. But it literally blew a hole in the sidewall, just destroyed the bead on it and everything. So luckily I had a spare tire in too. But they were with my trailer, so uh, the bike shop came down and the Zanes came down and uh, brought the tools and helped me uh, get it switched out. They're, they're very nice with that. Cause I actually have a uh, nut and bolt, you know, in the back and not a quick quick release because yeah. because the uh, trailer kept yanking my back rim out. <laughs> so yeah. we had to get rid of the quick release and uh, tighten it really down really hard. So. And I didn't have my tools with me for that part of it. Unfortunately, it was in my trailer. So, How are you feeling about the bike at this point? Let's talk about that. You started the the ride. You started up in Martha's Vineyard. How much were you when you when you started? Five hundred sixty-seven. Five hundred sixty-seven. And how long ago was that? A second week of June. Okay. And now I saw the numbers. Do you want to tell me what the numbers are now? Uh, Four eighty-seven. Wow. Wow. <laughs> how does that make you feel? Makes me feel pretty good. I want to keep dropping more, but. I mean, that well, is amazing. Easier it'll get when I get to Philadelphia and Pennsylvania and all that. So. Is it coming off quicker than you wanted? or? I wish it would come off quicker. <laughs> More <laughs> it comes off, yeah. Are easier you, it is to ride. So. Are you surprised about how much has come off so far? I am surprised that that much came off. But it was all, you know, I, I had hoped it would. Yeah. Do you feel it? But I didn't want to lose too quick. Do you feel it? Some days I do. Other days I, I don't. Because I was really compressed before yeah. on my weight, so I held it differently. But now that I'm losing weight, I'm kind of getting a little bit floppy, you know, more jiggly. <laughs> so it's a, I'm funnier to watch on a bicycle for sure. But, uh, but I'm climbing those hills now, and I'm riding longer distances, so I know I can feel it in that sense. And you, do you have a, a doctor who's working with you as you walk, as you go along? Yes, yes. Um, my doctor, Joseph Adine, back in Indiana, he uh, he monitors me, and we do uh, Skype calls to uh, kind of visit with each other and things. My wife will go in there and do it with us, and I'm awake and monitor some things, ask me the questions he needs to. And every once in a while, I'll stop at the uh, one of those clinics just to get a quick checkup and everything. How is that putting a strain on your relationship, the big trip? So when you started this, you were not a millionaire. You you were uh, you were you were still not. 
you started a, a fundraising site to help pay for the trip. Is that true? Yeah, well, um, actually, I only started the GoFundMe. I did a first GoFundMe, failed miserably. So I did a second one to try and get enough to get a decent bike. And, you know, of course, it failed miserably. So I kind of gave up on it. I was just going to do it my way. And then right before I left, my friend said, dude, you know, at least put up a GoFundMe because I, I, you know, put it up again and just let it go. And if we want to buy you dinner or something or a hotel room here and there, we'll just throw some money on for you. It's easier for some of us because we don't all have PayPal. So I said, all right. So I did. And, you know, just kind of let it go. And, you know, I got about a thousand for the trip over the course of the first month and a half of the trip. And, you know, that was great. It helped me out. I did a lot of, you know, I tried to upgrade what I could, maintenance on my bike, different things like that. It was actually very helpful. It was made specifically for my friends and family, just, you know, people on Facebook that I knew. And uh, that's what it started out as. After things kind of went viral, you know, everybody wanted to help and be a part of the journey. So they've, they've helped out a lot with getting some upgrades and things like that, actually, so I could have my wife join the journey with me which was a big thing for me because it really helps me want to drive farther and get farther. And I'd like to share this with my wife, you know, because we get to see the country, you know, from the perspective of a bicycle and just in a different way than you would if you're just driving across. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's really made some of that, a lot of things possible. Now I've got my wife riding a bicycle and she'll be following me again soon in the car and uh, riding her bicycle in the off times and stuff. But she'll be running support for me, which will allow me to get rid of the trailer completely and just put all that stuff in the back of the car. And sometimes we can sleep in the car or she can scout ahead and find us a place to stay. And it'll make it a lot easier and give me more, uh, a better chance of finishing. If people would like to support you on the trip, where do they go? Um, they can go to the support my ride page at thatguyacrossamerica.com. Uh, Biking for me uh, just really helped me meet a bunch of cool people. Yeah, I really, uh, I've met so many really awesome people because of the bike. So. I'm so happy to have heard about your story and to have gotten a chance to talk to you and hopefully get a chance to spread the word about uh, your journey. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, you make your way across the United States and hopefully we'll check in with you again. That'd be great. I, I can't wait. I just hope more people start riding their bikes now knowing that if I can do it, they can. So Awesome. Alright, thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon. Alright, thank you. Have a good day. Okay, you too. Take care. Craigslist, you might encounter the phenomenon that I call the Craigslist. Whether you're a seasoned leatherface bike flipper or a brand newbie to the biking world, you may consider buying or selling a bike on Craigslist. As I tell people, I've met some of the nicest people and some of the sketchiest people of my life with Craigslist interactions. So, one good thing about it is when you go to look at the wide variety of bikes there, and there is a huge 
abundance of bikes in most areas that are for sale. The community tends to watch out for each other a little bit when people go way, way beyond what's considered reasonable. So take this listing, for example, in Charlottesville. So under Bicycles by Owner, seeing a lot of the same overpriced bikes here, day after day, folks, if you're going to overpost, basically spam, then at least consider lowering your delusionally high asking prices after a while. Thank you, the community. P.S. What was the definition of insanity again? There's <laughs> a picture of a confused person going, what the heck, to his riding friend. Because they realize that there's some people doing what's called top posting. And top posting is where you take your bike that hasn't sold yesterday and you repost it again today because you're convinced that that's going to get it sold because people haven't seen it yet. Not because people have seen it. People check every day. It's just not a desirable bike at the price that you're offering. In fact, it's so bad that maybe people aren't even comfortable making an offer because you're so far out there or the bike itself is so undesirable that nobody even wants to bother with it so don't just keep reposting and reposting and reposting you will get kicked off and then trolls will come after you and they will erase everything that you put up so there is some type of accountability in the system like for example you're you're searching around and you think to yourself oh here's a motobicon road racing bike yes so it's only $700. Why? Bikes can be several thousand dollars. <laughs> so let's take a look at what we got here. It's a Mirage. It's a 58C. That's the frame size. Okay. So you read about it. And the reading about it, guy's obviously trying to woo you. I have a brand new Motobicon road racing bike for sale. It's the Motobicon Mirage. Aluminum frame, carbon fiber forks, carbon fiber neck and bars. Also have the original aluminum ones that came with it. Carbon fiber seat post, aftermarket seat aluminum neck extensions and seat post quick release. Carbon fiber water bottle holder and so many extras. Also has a Bell 300 console. Wyman wheels, Kenda tires. I'm saying that louder because it's all caps. Bike lock, high pressure pump, water bottles, phone tool case, aftermarket seat and pedals. Beautiful, beautiful bike. Literally brand new. Built the bike and haven't ridden it yet. It's it's written like like writing it yet. Only selling it because I need some money to pay car insurance. Please make an offer if you like road riding. His bike is awesome in a really sweet deal. Grammar is, is not usually really watched out for it. Anyway, it is compatible with between $1,500 to $2,000. Check or specialize. Also has Shimano components. Shimano glares and control brakes. Don't miss this one. You're literally getting thousands of dollars worth of bike for $700. Now, you might run to the, the reply button there and click away and say, oh my God, I got to get that before somebody else can. But the Tektro brakes, Tektro is just a brand and they're, they make great brakes, but you can get Tektro brakes for as little as like 20 bucks and slap them onto a bike. Kenda tires, you can find extremely cheap ones and extremely expensive ones. So some of the stuff he said, and I'm assuming it's a he, could be a she. I'm just assuming it's a he. Uh, in this case, I'll assume it's a she next time. Anyway, so what would the Craigslist community do? So there's, there's a a whole community of collectors and whatnot and they go on there and occasionally something so incenses them that they feel the need to write a fake listing to reply and that's what this gentleman or gentlewoman did usually you find the words re and then the original listing title so 
Ari regarding. So there's a big picture on this response. It says, Regarding Motobicon Road Racer, $700 Millberry, or $1 in Cracksville, there's a big picture of a fat man smoking a gigantic crack pipe. It says, go hit the pipe again, crackhead. In reference to this person's ad, please, people, do your research before you get ripped off. This guy is selling a used bike for almost $300 more than you can buy a brand new one for, and he's lying to try and sell it. He claims that the bike is equal to a specialized Trek that sells for $1,500 to $2,000. Really? Either one of those two brands would have at least Shimano 105 or SRAM Rival or better components if it were anywhere near that price range. But what does this bike have? It has Shimano Claris, which is basically entry level. Here's a link to the brand new 2015 model of the bike this joker is selling for $700 and you can have it for a whopping $449. What a joke. So you get really nice responses like that sometimes, and sometimes the responses are better than the entirety of the process of getting a bike. My favorite one I'm going to share with you, and then once a week we're going to do this segment called The Craig's Lost. Okay, so here's one of my favorite all-time ads as a response to somebody who just keeps reposting the same bike over and over and over again on Craigslist. I, I don't share the same sentiments about Obamacare, but I'm going to leave it in as is. So here we go. Yeah, it, it goes there. So here we go. From the Dayton, Ohio Bicycles by Owner. Regarding Diamondback Chocolate Frame in Crazy Town, the recycling center on First Street is about the only way you're ever going to make money on this frame. I added a map to the location for your convenience. Any normal person would get the hint after having the same item on Craigslist forever without it selling. If somebody really wanted this specific bike, they would do a search for it. So please stop spamming it down our throat every frigging day. Put some of that energy into getting a job or trying to get Obamacare revoked. You know, something useful. Build it up to be a complete bike, and then you might get your $25 out of it. It's not like it's a collector's item or anything. Hey, if I get 25 different people to send you a dollar, will you post a picture of yourself destroying this frame with a hammer and then setting it out for trash collection? I know there must be at least 24 other people that agree with me. Isn't that sweet? That's nice. Anyway... So the drama on Craigslist, you, you're going to find some good deals. You're going to find some crazy people out there. This is my tips, always meet in a public place. And um, we'll have more. If you found one, please send them to me at uh, bikekarmaguy at gmail.com. Or you can also put them up on the Facebook page. And I'd love to hear from you. So that's this week's Craigslist. Well, thank you for joining me for another Bike Karma. Please uh, give your feedback to me at bikekarmaguy at gmail.com or on the Facebook page. You can message me through that. You can look for me on the iTunes store or on Podbean. And uh, thank you very much for listening. If you have any ideas for future shows, please give me, uh, give me a shout out and let me know what they are to leave a story if you want to add a story to the program. I'd also like to thank Mobjack for our theme music. They're at mobjackmusic.com. They're a great band. And thank you for everybody who helped on this one. Thank you for Eric. And thank you for all the people who've submitted ideas. And keep them coming, please. And we'll see you again soon. Keep it wheel. Take care. But I'm glad just to waste it all with you.